0: Welcome to Gross Anatomy. So, um, so today we're super duper excited. So, on our New Year's resolution to-do list was to have more guests. So that's so you're our first guest of the New oh Year. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. we're very excited. Honored. You have made our New Year's resolution a truth. So, who do we have today? We have. Dr. Nina Shapiro with us, Mm -hmm. and I'm Dr. Jason Cohen,
1: and I'm Lauren Taylor,
0: and we're live with Gross Anatomy. We're live. So, um, I'm just, first of all, we're here a little bit to talk about your book, but also to just have fun, which is what we always say. It's the same thing. So, even though we talk about, um, you know, even though we're doctors, uh, I always like to say that, you know, we may give you some medical advice, but please, you know talk to your own doctor, do your doctor Googling. But I was looking at your book, and I'm just going to have to, really nothing to do with your book, but I was super excited when I was going through your book and I saw you quote Joe Jackson.
2: Of
1: course.
0: That totally, I was like, I love you. I'm in love with you. She quoted Joe Jackson, the singer. Do you mm. know Joe Jackson? Is she really you, going you now with? I him? do know that. Song. Yeah, okay. so that's Joe Jackson. But she quoted the song "Everything Gives You Cancer." That's,
2: oh, good, which yeah, I love. Good find. No, I'm yes. a major
0: Joe Jackson Same. fan. Same. Oh my
2: goodness. And I was
0: like, ah,
2: oh, there it is. I love you. She's
0: quoting <laughs> Joe Jackson because I've even sung that song to my kids, and it's I've a even talk, song. Co- no, but not. No, I know. Mean, it's it's, totally. Yeah. To some degree. Right. I mean, what's your thoughts on it, Dr. Shapiro?
2: Oh, well, it's, I love that. I forgot what which album was that off of. Uh,
0: George, oh. Nine and Day.
2: Was it? Was it? Maybe. No? We'll have to Google that one. <laughs> it's the
0: same album as Breaking Us Into Right, right. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. one
2: of his biggest. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's actually like a really kind of zippy song. Mm-hmm. And it makes it sound really fun. And it's really sort of, um, you know, makes you forget what he's actually singing about. Right. Because it's so horribly... Tragic,
0: but to some degree, he was like ahead of his time. Yeah, he's right. Right, he's right. He was saying, I I mean, the word. Do you know the words of the song? Everything gives gives you
2: you cancer. cancer. Yeah, there's no truth. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like,
0: don't touch that dial. Right, right? like, like everything gives you cancer. Yeah. So first of all, so you wrote, you're a doctor. And, well, what kind of doctor are you?
2: So, I'm a pediatric ear, nose, and throat doctor. Right. So, I'm not a pediatrician. Right. I am, You're a surgeon. I am a surgeon. I'm an right. ear, nose, and throat doctor, otolaryngologist, and then I do just pediatric otolaryngology.
0: So, in terms of your training, you go to medical school, right. and then you do four years of medical school. Correct. And then... You did. What do you do after medical school to become a pediatric ear, nose, and throat doctor? So, for
2: our training, we do one to two years of general surgery, just a regular general surgery internship. It used to be two years. I did that. I did that at Beth Israel in Boston. Beth Israel, Boston. And then I did four years of ENT residency.
0: So general adult, general
2: adult, and kids, everything. Four years, and that was at Mass Eye and Ear in Boston. And then I did a year of pediatric ear, nose, and throat as a fellowship.
0: 'Cause you decided you want to do pediatrics. Right. So right. when you went to med school, did you already know what you wanted to do?
2: I wanted to be an eye doctor. Isn't that ah. the best? Yes.
0: I can't I can't handle eyes. I <laughs> no.
2: love eyes. I oh. can't do oh, eyes. I, do. I yeah. can do anything
0: but eyes. Yeah, I still I get like all about grossed it. out and skeeved out. A lot out. of
2: people do, yeah. yeah. Uh, With my own
0: eyes. I mean I could remove an eye, but I right. like if someone's like one time for like halloween like you wear contacts I hate wearing contacts oh, okay. but one time for halloween my wife and daughter dressed me up as a girl and they were putting on eye makeup and I just got Oh really I okay do eye
2: good
1: thing okay.
0: yeah 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 but you wanted to So me I an wanted eye to be an eye
2: doctor. eye doctor and then you know I went to some clinics where they see patients yeah. and um, and then I went to the OR for eyes yeah. and the OR was a lot of fun and the clinic was not and since it's a... Why? Very, it was boring Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was w- really eye. boring. It was boring. And, but sur- eye surgery was great. So right. um, I liked Ear, Nose, and Throat because it was a little bit of clinic, a little bit of OR, and, and both of them were fun. Right. And the people were really fun.
0: And then what made you decide to go the pediatric route instead of...
2: So that was only during residency. I didn't really think about pediatric anything as a medical student. I didn't love my pediatrics rotation. Right. I wasn't one of those pediatrician types. And, but just during residency, I really liked it. And so that's when I decided when we did our pediatric sort of rotation during right. residency.
0: So pediatric, typical pediatric ear, nose, and throat is a lot of tonsils and right. adenoids yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. But then a lot of pediatric ENT's do those ba- major whack right. major reconstructive surgeries. Yeah, yeah. Was that was that the so, interest for you?
2: Well, the interest was was everything. I think right. I liked it because it was sort of it was general in some ways. Yeah. So pediatric ENT is bread and butter stuff, which yeah. means ear tubes, tonsillectomies, adenoidectomies, and then like the really sick kids, airway reconstruction, uh, neck surgery, right. sinus surgery, and ear surgery. And then the surgery.
0: whole cleft stuff too, right? Yeah,
2: that's a little bit where's uh, plastics. That plastic? That's pediatric. Ah, uh, gotcha, yeah.
0: gotcha. But ear, the micro-ear thing, right? some
2: microtia, which is, you know, ear reconstruction. A lot of, a lot. I think a lot of people go into pediatric ENT for airway. They're really uh, interested in airway reconstruction. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So,
0: you mean kids who are born with congenital stuff? Right,
2: like narrowed wind, you know, tracheal problems, uh-huh. or if they need a trache and they get some scarring and they need some reconstruction of the trachea, vocal cord issues in kids, vocal cord tumors, things and like that. And that was the draw for you. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, so, um, how did you go from being an. So, like, in terms of the hierarchy of, of medicine
1: pediatric,
2: pediatric. pediatric.
0: It's like the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're it way is. up on the top in terms of busy and tense. So how does someone who's doing that then go to write a book?
1: Um, that was my main question, too. Oh, like, really? You, like, when did you do this? this? Turnover yes. time.
2: So, um... We, uh, yeah, so it's a busy field. It's a very, um, we do a lot of surgery, but a lot of short surgery. So unlike, you know, a thyroidectomy or a parotidectomy or, you know, a lap coli, which, you know, those are short, you know, some of them can be short. I mean, ear tubes take about 90 seconds. Wow. How
0: many can you do in a day?
2: It depends on the turn. I can write a book.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What's the most you've done in a day?
2: So not that many because... Even in training? Oh, we can do ten or twenty, wow. thirty, you know, things like that. It depends. Or well, if you have a few rooms. Right. I mean that's well that's a whole other issue. But right. um, you know, with any sort of surgical field You have the going off to sleep part, you have the waking up part, and then you have the OR turnover, which is really cleaning up an an operating room. Yeah. And that, in many of my days, can take longer than the surgeries. sure. So you have a little downtime there. So this book was written over a long period of time in little snippets. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So
0: you mean to tell me that you would sit in between surgeries and write your book? Yeah. You're that good of a Dr. Time... Cohen is
1: really jealous right now. Yeah.
0: So you're that good with time management? Like, you're you're one of those people who could find a snippet of yeah. time and, and, I, I'm do jealous and of be productive? Yes. Some
1: people
2: can... You know, I, I, fi- I, I feel like...
0: So, I hate you. I loved you <laughs> what because to of to Joe, Joe Jackson. Jackson? <laughs> and now I kind of hate you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm so jealous no, of I you. I mean,
2: it's I would do this when I would... Ha- you know, if you think of your life as like a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. My son likes to do Rubik's Cubes. And, uh, you know, it has to be just right or it's totally wrong. Yes. It would, you know, I would find these little pieces here and there. It... You can't get much done in 15 minutes. Right. But you can get a little bit done in yeah. 15 minutes. And, you know, let's say the end of the day, after the kids go to sleep, you have an hour or so sometimes. Right. Sometimes they're just too tired. Yeah. Um, I'm not the kind of person that wakes up before the work day. And, and you know, the, those people who like, oh, my my surgery starts at 7 a.m., so I'm really productive from 5 a.m. to 7. No. That's not No, me. Okay, no. so I don't need as much anymore. Anyway. I'm in a coma. <laughs> well, and well, so I, I like, like you a little bit. I have to not be yeah, in a yeah, coma. Yeah, yeah. I find these little little pieces yeah i have two kids so it's you know it's busy after work so i just try to you know kind of piece it together
0: do you notice that you, you know they talk about stereotypes in medicine you know certain sure. specialties yeah. have yeah. certain kind of personalities yeah. Yeah. is that an that might be like an ent kind of thing is being good with time like all the ent's i i i'll, I'll confess during my general surgery residency. As an intern and even a second year, I did an elective. I was assigned it in ENT. Oh yeah, and I really thought for a little while. I, I was really torn. I almost tried to switch into uh-huh. ENT. Sure. Um, so, I, to me, ENT. I I I love ENTs. Yeah. But I think one of the things about all the ENTs is they seem to be well organized, really meticulous, thoughtful s- doctors, surgeons more than some other, more than like a general surgeon, although I'm a surgical oncologist. Um, do
2: yeah. You think that's a, I mean, a I think ours, thing? the stereotype of ENTs, very similar to the stereotype of urologists. Right. It's a very similar right. field. Right. You know, we're, we tend to be happier than some of the other specialties. Uh, we tend to do a lot of, like, we like a lot of toys. We yeah. do a lot of scopes yeah. and lasers. We do a lot of quick surgeries and then a lot of long surgeries on right. the sicker patients. So it's it's an interesting you know a quirky, but they tend to weird. be at
0: least I remember through training they tend to be like fun you yeah. know just in terms of they tended to be fun like easygoing, cool but really smart doctors. They yeah. were like the coolest kids of the of the cliques Clearly. in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> And well, that, maybe that's why I wanted to be an right. I, mean, I, I wanted to be a cool kid.
2: Good luck. And I didn't. Make
0: it. <laughs> Yeah, know? I didn't make
2: um, it. You know, I think one of the draws was... You know, you look at when you're when you're deciding in medical school what you want to be. You you know what I always tell students and residents is don't look at the residents, don't look at the fellows, look at the attendings, look right. at them ten years out, twenty years out, because yeah. that's who you're going to be. And if they seem like jerks and unhappy, then that's who you're going to be. So the ENT people are happier. You know, I've been doing this for twenty five years. I want to do it for another twenty five yeah. years. You know, they like what they're doing. That's
0: true. So so the name of the book is Hype. And a doctor's guide to medical myths, exaggerated claims, and bad advice: how to tell what's real and what's not. I mean, it's it's so timely and perfect, and 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 I was thrilled that you said yes. No, oh, of course, talk to us yeah, I because it. you know it's it's a topic we will kind of talk about certain yes, things. Yes,
1: no, we've talked about like a lot of things in your book, but not as well researched. Or yeah.
0: <laughs> so what? Where did it? Where did the whole thing come from?
1: So it came from. Uh, again, you know, I
2: live and work in Los Angeles, yeah. and i 've been here for a long time and I feel that, as time has gone by, I hear more and more sort of misinformation given to me by patients and well meaning patients and having two kids in schools you know in the LA area and hearing about parents ideas about their the health of their kids it's just escalated into this extreme nonsense yeah and i am a you know i have a very small specialty but i feel like i can sort of grasp a lot of the issues that are going on related to diet and exercise and supplements and all this other stuff that's tied in that people are so t- sort of locked into their ideas and so I, I, I felt like I really needed to get this out there.
0: So how long from the time that you said, hey, this sounds like a good idea, mm-hmm. how long till you actually started writing?
2: Okay. So it was, yeah, it was, that was an evolution. Yeah. It was, you know, I had some other ideas about books and health books. But this, you know, there was there was one particular day that I was um, taking care of a kid who had aspirated a peanut or a cashew or something. And he was 15 months old. Little baby. Right. And so, you know, these babies, they're pretty sick. And this was a family who was very into organic food and, you know, no vaccines and vegan and all this stuff. And uh, they didn't want to bring him to the doctor. They didn't want to get a chest X ray. They certainly. But they knew something
0: was wrong. They knew he was sick. And you talk about it in the book. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: you know, it took all this time to finally get him to see a surgeon, which was the worst possible thing. Right. And um, and then you know, when I finally convinced them that he needed to go to the operating room, by then the nut had been there for a few weeks. Right. He already had pneumonia, and so putting a kid to sleep like that is very dangerous. And. And, you know, they can stop breathing. I mean, all sorts of bad things can happen. And uh, when we got the nut out and the kid was fine, um, and it was not fun in yeah. the OR for Scary. various reasons. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, don't give him nuts anymore, please. And don't give your three-year-old nuts either, because this is what can happen. And, and it's
0: nothing. You, you didn't say that because of nut allergy. Nothing you said to do it with allergies. Of right. Because of choking. Right.
2: And, um... And they said, "Oh, but they're healthy," and in that moment, I realized that you know he, they are very well meaning. They right. weren't meaning to hurt their children, but right. that you know what people think is healthy is completely you know it's it's like the idea of two two versions of reality.
0: Yeah, and the, and it was at that moment that you said, "Yeah, I gotta so start this a has got it." Yeah. How many? So how many years ago was that?
2: That was probably. Uh, so this came out in 2018. So okay. this was probably 2014
0: already. Yeah. Wow. So
2: it took a few years. So it was There's four a years. a process to get these books out there.
0: So we sound like we're in a war zone between the thunder <laughs> and the construction above and now the ambulances yeah, in the back. I'm very excited It's a hospital. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody um, choked on a peanut. It's good special effects, right? We we don't add it in later. So um, So you actually sell the idea first. Right. And then once you know you have a couple of shekels. Then you say, now Now I'll write the book. And right. they give you an advance, I'm, right? They give
2: you an advance, yeah. Right. Yeah. And
0: then do they say, you have this exactly. much time to write the yes, book? That's Otherwise, that's contract. You right. have,
2: you know, whether it's six months or 12 months to produce the whole book.
0: So from the time you sold it, how much time did they give I you? I think
2: we had, um, I think it was like six or 12 months, something like that.
0: So I, I like how you, in your introduction, I like how you say patients uh, do sometimes get on my nerves with their questions starting with do you believe in question mark and you wish to interrupt with the easter bunny ghost the tooth fairy all of those i i very much i i circled it in in uh, You've pink been
2: there i'm sure i really enjoyed that
0: yeah. so so getting back to your initial thing in the introduction what do you think about and talking about current events what are your thoughts about the whole coronavirus scare? Where, mm. what uh, you know, I'm sure everybody's yeah, asking sure. you, yeah. What, what kind of think? mask do you wear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you worried? Should you leave the house? So,
2: right. I mean, it's it's one of those things. You know, who remembers? Except, if, you know, if we've seen the meme, who remembers Ebola? I mean, it's it's sort of it's it's scary. It's real. Yeah. But the numbers, even though the numbers are getting bigger and right. the numbers are getting scarier, it's still in. Relation to all the other things we should be worrying about, mainly flu, yeah, uh, which has killed close to I think it's like a, you know eighty thousand people already. That's what we should worry about, but it's because everyone has this sort of Whoop, let's look at something more interesting and that's making headlines. That's what everybody's worried about. Not that you shouldn't be worried right. about it. You right. need to be cautious. Right. It's a, it's a bad virus. It used to not be. Coronavirus, I remember from med school, is like one of the cold viruses. It's right. just a benign virus. But because this is mutated, it's a novel coronavirus. It's much more virulent and, and deadly, potentially. Um, am I not leaving the house? No, I'm still going yeah. to work. Yeah. Um I see these people with these flimsy masks. Yeah. It's a total waste. I know. You need a real mask, an N95 mask. Right. Um,
0: but even if you have, you know, the, they talk about what we talk about. Even if you have the right mask, if you aren't aware of proper yeah, hand washing, you still get And you it. touch your mask yeah. or remove right. it, and you're not, your hands your aren't sandwich. clean. Yeah. right. You're gonna you're gonna right. give yourself the flu. So yeah. it does. It's not so much the yeah. mask.
1: Well, you have a chapter called "Risky Business" where you talk about Ebola and like people being worried about Ebola. Right. But you tell them like like the main death between ages 1 and 44 is accidents. Like, wear your seatbelt. you yeah. about stuff like yeah. that. Wear a bike helmet. Like, yeah. those are things that you should be cautious right. of. Right, but it's not exciting yeah. to do that.
0: Right, exactly. So, but it's
2: exciting to walk around with, like, a gas mask.
1: So one of the reasons you wrote Hype is because we've become a nation obsessed with health issues. So how does one know what is real and what is hype? And I thought a good some good advice you gave, because everyone now looks everything up online right away, um, you gave these Google search tips. Be aware of ads. Because oh yeah. Look for .org or .gov first, and be wary if the pharmaceutical company is the site provider. Just little things. Right. And also, yeah. I really like this because I'm—I didn't realize I was prone to doing this until you wrote your book. It's when you search for something, leave out an opinion. So an example is like mega dosing vitamin C to prevent colds. Like I would type that in. Instead of that, just start with vitamin C. Just start with like basic like raw facts. So, I just thought our listeners yeah. might like to know that to like. That's very true. Because yeah.
0: what made you real? like, I didn't realize that until I read it in your book, too. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's just because it's when you're thinking of something, if you have a symptom, you know, if you put in, you know, we used to talk about when we we're interns, where would you go if you had the worst headache of your life? And what we mean by that as surgeons is, you know, who's going to crack your head if your head is bleeding, right? right? Worst headache of your life. Right. That's what we think of a surgeon. If you Google that, you're going to find something like you're having a stroke or you're having a you yes. know, a hemorrhage. Yeah. Um, but probably you're having a headache. Right. And so, start with headache, yeah. as opposed to worst headache of my life. Even though you are having the worst headache of your life, right? Um, pull it back a little bit. No, yeah, yeah. So I realize
1: most of my searches lead to like me having cancer because I'm just typing in my course. like worst fear into yeah, the Google. Yeah, so and it's that. sort of
2: you're hoping to find something yeah. terrible, so then you can sort of grab onto that. But usually, it's something pretty boring. Right.
0: So, what do you when patients talk? Because I know you talk about it a little bit. So when people or patients talk to you about health wellness diet exercise mm-hmm. what's your spiel what do you preach what do you what do you tell people to do
2: so if they are if they're saying something that's pretty harmless and again a lot of the times it's for their kids right um i i, I say it's fine you know for instance you know we you know, a very common thing i heard i heard it today we took out dairy and they stopped having a stuffy nose well right. great but just so you know they can have dairy Right. So, but if you feel that that's helpful for your child, um, you know, go for it. Right. If they say they are, you know, removing all these things that are really healthy for their child, but I think they're important, then I'll dispute that. Right. Supplements, you know, I see the list, the herbs and spices that these kids are taking. Um, I try to dissuade them from from doing any of that, especially for kids.
0: Yeah, I like your point uh, in the book. You talk about. Um, because I've gotten to the point where I make sure when I'm taking a history from a patient, when you ask what medicines they take, mm-hmm. you say a, a, a patient will tell just their medicines. Right. Prescription medicines. Right. Right. And they won't mention herbs, vitamins, right. alternatives. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important to know. Right. Especially and, and, for, as if you're a surgeon. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so I always now say to patients, I say... What medicines you're taking, herbal stuff, funky stuff, weird stuff, alternative right. stuff. That's kind of... That's my <laughs> sentence I give when I when I right. ask for their medicines. Yeah. I specifically say funky stuff, you know, because... Because
2: a lot of people don't even know the names of these. You know, they'll get them right. from somebody and it'll come in a little pouch. Yeah. And they don't even know what it is.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You don't yeah. at all in your book discuss cannabis.
2: No, I know. It wasn't really... You know, it's like alkaline water. It wasn't that type B back then.
0: Right. And now people are probably asking you.
2: Yeah. So I've had a lot of patients. Again, I just take care of kids, so it's not that common. Right. Uh, But I do have some patients, and this was years ago, just a few, who had intractable seizures. Right. And they would get... Uh, cannabis for their kids. They couldn't get it here back right. then. They would go to, I think it was Colorado. Colorado. And some of them even moved to Colorado. So they right. would have better access. And so for kids, it's not really something I have much experience with.
0: Right. So pa- parents aren't coming to you? And, no, it's not. Right, they're not there yet.
2: Yeah. And also for the kind of work I do, they probably won't.
0: Right. And then um, you do talk about alcohol, though, a little bit.
2: hmm You say... Drinking alcohol. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Not rubbing, yeah. bathing in it. Um, although I love alcohol to rub on my skin if I have a zit <laughs> or something like that. But um, what are your thoughts on... You, you gave you give your thoughts on yeah. alcohol. Yeah, What are they?
2: It's... Um fine in moderation and and I always say that and people always say that's so boring you don't give really that's sort of a wishy-washy answer right but I think it is really an answer I think that you know alcohol you know this whole idea of red wine a lot of it is the experience that goes along with red wine right and if you feel that you are you know more relaxed and your blood pressure goes down after a glass of red wine or drinking red wine you know I think it's fine there was a little piece recently um that I wrote about there's this notion of dry January so oh, sure okay. we all had our dry January. Right, right, right. Nobody does that. Exactly. Right? So this was a study in England, and it's, it's become sort of a thing in the UK because there's a high – they drink a lot. Mm-hmm. They drink more than we do, actually. Yeah. So um, are you healthier if you have a dry January? Will that carry on through the rest of the year? Uh-huh. And so the, you know what they asked is for people to just completely stop drinking alcohol for the month of January after New Year's Eve. And um, what they found is that people who would have, say, two to three drinks per day, even looking at them in August, so several months later, they still had cut down their alcohol consumption. Mm. So I think it's important for people who are perhaps drinking
0: too much. Right. And it's a good thing. So, you know, I think alcohol is very much like tobacco, in my mind. It's um, a product of big companies with good advertisements and saying that and i think they're the just and you talk about studies and tests i think mm-hmm. you know the studies show that a glass of wine a night is good for you i think that's because the the alcohol industry is so it's big and finding, powerful yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah let's everybody drink a glass of wine but i think probably you don't need to have a no, poison no. a poison no it's every definitely night. i mean yeah.
2: The healthier option is yeah. not to drink it all, right? And, and I think that's where where these studies get kind of muddied is that you think, oh well, I better start drinking red wine because mm-hmm. that's a that's going to be a health habit that yeah. I should have. And exactly, it's completely not the case.
0: Yeah. So, cat scans. You talk about. So I do a lot of general surgery. too. Right.
2: This is a, the appendectomy stuff.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I have my own feeling mm-hmm. about it. And and so, what's your Feeling about cat scans, and I think we're going to have differing opinions a little bit. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I so for specifically for again the last time I I rolled out appendicitis, and don't even ask me which side of the abdomen it's on anymore. It was 1992, Um, and then there was the idea of getting a cat a CT scan for for abdominal pain was unheard of. Right. You know, it was completely history and physical. Right. There was nothing besides. You know, you would why would you do any? Wouldn't even do an ultrasound. You know, there was no concept of that. Yeah. It was purely history and physical Exactly. and um, so you know I grew up in the age of not radiating somebody with abdominal pain right. and it was it was the kind of diagnosis that has such a clear history and physical that I sort of missed that whole boat of even learning that people now get CT scans right. CAT scans for abdominal pain Yeah. but I guess they do so, and they still do before they even call the surgeon
0: well so so um reading, reading your, your take on CT scan, I could tell, you know, you're like a purist, you know, history and physical, let's take, it right. sounds like a fantastic let's that's go to the room. Yeah. And then, so I, I'm a pretty cautious surgeon, but anyway, you know, when I was coming up, um, a lot, of, or at least more recently, everyone would get a CAT scan. Right.
2: Before they even called you. Right.
0: Right. But, there is the trend now because everybody's worried about radiation, right. which I think is hype too a little a bit. Little bit yeah. Okay, everybody's worried. Oh, I don't want to get a radi a CAT scan. Mm-hmm. Um, th- so there's a trend now to take pa- not to 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 not do a CAT scan and just take the patient to the operating room. Mm-hmm. And if they have a negative appendix, so be it. We took out an. But let me ask you, Lauren, mm-hmm. if. You came in with abdominal pain, and it really sounded exactly like appendicitis, and it, your history was like it, and your physical was like it, but we could do this scan and give you a little bit of radiation, and maybe tell for sure if you have appendicitis or not, and maybe avoid a surgery. I would do that. Right, exactly. You like, do
2: the CAT scan. Yeah. yeah. And then the other question and is, I would too the what patient. about treating with biotics? And not even, and if it, even if right. it is appendicitis, say, okay, you have appendicitis, you have an option, we can go get your appendix out, or you can have a day or so of antibiotics, it could rupture, you know, your, yeah. or, but you may not even need a surgery, mm. and then that's,
0: and yeah. then. Yeah, and that's a trend a little bit too right. now, yeah. is they're trying to treat appendicitis medically. Medically. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I personally, you know, there's data, yeah, 85, 90% of patients, but I I personally don't want to be that 1% or 2% that has an issue, especially if you could do a CAT scan and it's a simple surgery. I don't want a surgery if there's a chance I don't need a surgery and a complication. Sure. So I'm, I'm of the school... Yeah, get a CAT scan. I, I don't. I think right. the hype of the worry of radiation.
2: Right. I mean, I talk about that risk too. And right. That's also, you know, the the studies that said that look at radiation induced cancers are people who've had multiple multiple cat scans multiple, and multiple, multiple radiation right and most and if you think about how could you do a study like that you can't take a healthy person and say i'm going to give you a hundred cat scans yeah. yeah and let's see if you get cancer right. you have to have There are obviously people who are sick anyway and yeah. a lot of them have cancer to begin with
0: yeah so, so you don't really talk about it in the book so what do you do with the patient who you know or you do I, I guess that was your intro what do you do with the patient and you're dealing with parents of patients who you know the kid needs treatment and the family's just saying no.
2: Mhm.
0: What, what have you done? What are you doing? What do you...
2: Well, I mean if it's something like they're, you know, they can't breathe yeah. then, you know we, there are ways you know, there are hospital policies of ways right. to take care of a dying child if yeah. your family's refusing, so right. that's the extreme. If a child is, say, choking to death and the family <laughs> doesn't, doesn't just, want to, right? It, we do, yeah. we, there's then something you called a two, a two yeah. physician consent, so or let's say a parent a child comes in and the parents are not available. There are a lot of different ways if it's that kind of extreme situation. If um, they really need this, they're not necessarily going to die if they don't have the surgery, but they are, you know, in peril of some degree, um, you know, then, you know, it depends if it's something where we need to have social workers involved or the ethics committee involved or um, other physicians involved. Uh, You know, a lot of the patients I take care of, it's a lot of quality of life issues. So it's a little less hard and fast. Mm -hmm. You absolutely need this surgery. Right. I think, you know, the the problem with surgery, it just sounds like it's the most aggressive and the most dangerous, yeah. but I try to explain to families that sometimes not surgery is just as aggressive and even more dangerous than surgery.
0: Yeah.
1: But I thought that was really interesting in your book, too, the alternative medicine. And You yeah. were talking about a nurse she worked with in the OR who left to go have cancer treatment, which you assumed was medical right. treatment, right. and it wasn't. She went to an alternative place, and I forget where it was, Yeah. but they just treated her like, I'm guessing high doses of vitamin C, I
2: think. Not even. I mean, this was just, you know, herbs and echinacea or
1: whatever it was. And she came back six months later. She's full of energy, but then, like, what, like a few weeks later? Oh,
2: yeah, less than a month later, she she was home and dying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If she, like, went the medical route, but... Also, could use like some alternative. Yeah, she might have survived.
2: That's why it's complementary. Yeah,
1: medicine. and it's great. Complementary yeah. medicine is
2: great. I mean, we have a whole complementary program at UCLA, and you probably have it here too. Yeah,
1: it's, do you think alternative medicine is getting like more patients are looking to it? Absolutely. like it's getting worse. Like, yes, they're not. Yes. okay. I think as the distrust of
2: doctors, of big pharma, of the whole you know healthcare industry, I think they blend. Um, you know, health insurance companies and CEOs with, with physicians and healthcare providers. And I think people think that we're all out to get the patients and get what we can out of the patients and not care for patients. Yeah. And I you know, I can understand feeling vulnerable and mm-hmm. distrusting and so you look other ways. And,
1: but that's you know, why you have to explain go to, like a lot of this oof. is hype. This this is more, this is proven to work for right. more people and right. this is not at all. So I guess that's right. why you have to explain it and you explain it well. Right.
2: But I think, you know, people feel, like to feel empowered and yeah. they like to feel that they're part of which I think they should. And, um and a lot of the alternate goop is a perfect example is you well, we know about goop a bit. <clears> yeah. it's really enticing and yeah. you know who wouldn't want to look like when it falls exactly I like but falls right? The yeah. Yeah. Thing, you just can't. right but I mean you know she doesn't wear makeup you know, she yeah. looks beautiful and she's, she's wonderful looking but Um, that's not because of goop. That's not why she looks the way she looks. And people really, I think, you can't, you know, the celebrity of who she is and what she represents is so enticing that, um, you know, she has a big uh, Yeah, and
1: people will really do the things that should just, we talked about it, just be labeled as, like, entertainment. Like, if you...
2: Right. not as anything yeah. that
1: you should or, actually Or, you know there's
2: there's the, nothing wrong with going to a, a spa or right. you know or a retreat or all that kind of stuff. That's fine if you have the the means to do that, but to use that as your medical care is yeah. crazy.
0: And what's even crazier what gets me is the patients who are willing to spend a fortune on that stuff, Right. but argue for your the fifty dollar visit, you know, to <laughs> yeah. see the doctor.
2: Right? Do you validate parking? Exactly. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And these are people who are, you know, the healthcare, and I, and that's a whole other issue of, you know, should healthcare be free? Should it right. be, you know, just universal and one plan? That's a whole other story. But we there is such a dichotomy in people who are willing to spend a lot of money for yeah. luxury, but won't. Bend money for their health.
0: Health, yeah. yeah. Have you ever had you yourself had acupuncture? I have not.
2: I don't mm-hmm. like needles. Not a big fan no. of needles. Yeah. No. I've it never had horrible. it either. No desire.
0: I kind of do it, want to try it though. Like for what? Just to see. <laughs> I, I mean that like my I know, but but some ac- I I kind of want to feel it. I think some people yeah. swear by it a little bit.
2: There's so many things that people ask. Like, would you try like those those ice tanks and. Have you heard about those, yeah. you know, the mm-hmm. dunk where you or go. Or we and did go- cryo.
0: We went in and did cryo. Yeah, cryo. Yeah, I was for teaching, one of our early, we did it for one cold. of our early podcasts. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: It was fun. I, I didn't feel right. anything. But yeah. It was fun. And you felt invigorated because you're mm-hmm. moving around right. trying yeah. to stay warm. Isn't
2: that the one that's like, so, there's one that you that's supposed to help with your muscles, like if you're an athlete. Yeah. That's cryo
0: or the cold baths. Yeah. We did it as research as fun for this thing. Yeah. And it was fun. But acupuncture is something I do want to try. Cupping? Have you tried that? No, no, me neither. Oh, either. that looks awful. Yeah, that I don't know.
1: I think Gwyneth Paltrow started that trend too. But yeah, I think, yeah. She, I think yeah. she
0: started healthcare. <laughs> That's you know, right. She's basically a doctor. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> what? It's happening now. Do you plan on writing any more books? You're still working on audio versions. Of, you just finished the audio I, version. The audio version's been out for a while. So if you ooh, want to listen to me for ooh, ten and a half it's hours. you talking,
0: <laughs> you didn't hire, like, a famous actress so, to do it? Oh, I wish, yeah. right.
2: So, uh, Gwyneth refused. So uh,
0: Actually, I thought she really wanted to, but it didn't work out. Uh, I know, yep, right. Exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. so I did the audio.
0: Oh, yeah, I taped wow. it
2: around not too far from here. Yeah, in a studio. A little recording studio. So you can
1: easily get the book on Amazon or the audio book. We the, got it
0: easily on Amazon. Kindle. Also, exactly,
2: not, if people still use. I like paper books, but people still use. I, tree love books. I love paper books,
0: yeah, exactly. tree books. But have you uh, read on Kindle?
2: No, no, me No, neither. I'm not a Kindle person. Yeah. I like no. books, yeah.
0: Although I'm tempted to try that too, a Kindle. I don't know. It's like on
2: people read books on their phones, right? People. I mean, I, I do can't that. do that. No,
0: because of eyes. Yeah, you the can't whole see. Thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anything else it. you want to so tell us? On another
1: book, like how I am. So trying to... Oh, see, you are <laughs> always. I mean, it's it's
2: kind of like a bug. So you get it, and then you want to, and and it's sort of like and is this
0: Kristen Loberg helping you? No, this
2: one is not. Um, so it's sort of like it's like having a kid and. And, you know, the whole book process is like a pregnancy. Yeah. And then you have the kid and you're like, oh, I'm so I'm never doing that again. That was so <laughs> exhausting. Yeah. And, then, you know, kind of the kid grows up a little bit and you need a little playmate. So um, some people, you know. Right. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but the book world is is fun. It's a, and also because I'm so immersed in, in medicine and healthcare, it's it, writing books, even if it's medically related, it's, it's nice to have a foot out yeah. And see what the, right. what another world is like, yeah. what the publishing world is like, and what you know going on book tours are like, and bookstores and yeah. and events, and sort of where this leads. So yeah.
0: Of so when do you do the bulk of your writing? Do you block time? how? No, do you do it never. before bed? Do you do it? Like sometimes,
2: yeah, sometimes in the evening. Because my kids are old enough now that they're doing their homework, right. so I'm doing my homework. Okay. Uh, do so you write so in bed or you sit no, at a desk? No, no. No, we're very sort of no technology in bedrooms. Uh-huh. Except for, you know, my kids can have their com- school computers in their bedrooms, but no... How old are your kids? 12 and 16. Oh, so nice. in that age of no uh-huh. phones in the bedrooms. Yeah. So no Well, you're computers. better than our kids that are well, on the phone in the bedroom. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so I, I don't really block out time because I never know right. if I have time. That's you know because it's not always a deadline. You know if it's a deadline, then I
1: just it ends up being late at night.
0: And you do it on a computer on, on a, a laptop, laptop on a laptop. Mm-hmm. And then you probably don't want to
1: give it away, but is it a, a it's a book? it's a
2: health book, health book. Um, for kids.
0: Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You mean for kids to for read or for Kids to read.
2: For... So it'll be the goal is it. sort of like the 7 to 12 year olds middle, middle it's called grade. middle grade.
0: I love that. Um
2: and so if you think about
0: There isn't anything like that. I love that. Right?
2: I I yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be pretty cool. Nice. And you know, the notion is, you know, we as parents tell our kids to do all this stuff that's good for their health. Yeah. And if they if you can explain if you can explain, let's say, a shot, yeah. a vaccine, to an eight-year-old, and what that is, and why they're getting it, and what it's going to do to them,
0: I love for that. them. Yeah.
2: Not that they're going to want the shot, or but at least they'll understand it. And you can explain anything yeah. in medicine
0: yeah. Yeah. to a kid. And are you going to do even simple things like washing your hands and stuff? Love it. Everything. Love yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's great. great. Yeah. That can't tell great. you the title. So, like, no, I, I do love do it. Yeah. Yeah. When is People the anticipated launch of the title at least like when when will we in hear process, the title
2: in process like yeah. within the
0: next six months hopefully, hopefully. oh that's great yeah, yeah.
2: it's not going to be published in the next six no, months.
0: Yeah, but no yeah no i understand yeah we're getting there oh that's yeah,
1: really cool it's fun,
0: it's fun. nice yeah, yeah so um This was great.
1: Yes, we've taken a lot of your time. Thank you so so much. I love
0: you for coming. Oh, it was fun. So thanks for joining us on Gross Anatomy. Thanks
2: for having me. So much fun.
0: And hopefully you'll come back again when the next book comes out. We could be your first stop.
1: There you go. There you go. (laughs) That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine.